0: hey what's up everybody and welcome back to that triathlon show the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com i'm your host michael and this episode is q and a number 102 so last week i said that we would be talking about uh, some supplements today but actually i am still going to push it forward to next week because of the fact that we just had an episode on monday about biomarkers and blood testing and it would just be too much of the same thing for one week i think so i took another question for this week and we'll go to the supplements question in uh, next week's q and a episode so next thursday before we get, get into today's question big thanks to precision hydration for sponsoring the podcast You can find them on precisionhydration.com they make electrolyte products that you can match to your individual sweat sodium content so if you lose a lot of sodium in your sweat then you can get a high sodium concentration of electrolyte supplements and if you lose a low or medium amount then correspondingly you can use those supplements to tailor your hydration and make sure that your hydration plan is up to par for what it needs to be which is especially important in those longer and hotter races, half and full distance triathlons. And, and uh, the hotter and the more humid it is, then the more critical it becomes, really. You can get 15% off your order of electrolytes with the promo code thattriathlonshow15 on precisionhydration.com. And thank you to Roka that you can find on roka.com. Roka are the world-leading manufacturers of wetsuits, suits, swimskins, goggles, high-performance eyewear and prescription glasses and sunglasses their products are used by some of the top athletes in the world uh, in triathlon we have examples like uh, katie safires lucy charles barclay mario mola Javier gomez and many many others uh, you can get 20 percent off your order of roca products on roca.com forward slash tts where you will get your discount code Now let's get on to today's question which is from Matt in the Netherlands who writes I love the show I was wondering if you have any insight into the following run-based question when training for an Ironman marathon should you base your training on your goal Ironman marathon pace or should you base your training on closer to your fresh marathon pace or your open marathon pace I understand the need for specificity but it seems to me that if you train for let's say a five minutes per kilometer paced Ironman marathon there is a good good chance that the fastest you can run that that's the fastest you can run and you you're likely to drop off from there and I assume that Matt means in within the race itself here whereas if you train for 440 per kilometer 4 minutes 40 seconds per kilometer then that five minutes per kilometer pace will feel more comfortable and sustainable on race day any thoughts about this question thank you Matt right matt thank you for your question this is a really good and interesting question and the reality is that for the vast majority of age group athletes your ironman marathon pace is somewhere in your zone two in a five zone system so it's a relatively low intensity this means that if you are doing the majority of your run training in zone two which it's fair to say you probably should be doing and we talked about this uh, a lot on this podcast in many interviews in many q and a's that uh, that low intensity training needs to be the bulk of it but low intensity more often than not tends to mean zone two at least for age group athletes anyway it's fair to say that you should be doing a lot of zone two training anyway in your training and that means by definition that you're probably doing a lot of ironman marathon specific run training uh, or at least close enough to that for it to be the case so you can argue that ironman marathon pace may be towards the upper end of zone two at least for uh, the relatively fit uh, the, the ones that are fr- front, in front of the mid of the pack so to say uh, the upper end of zone two might be where you want to be targeting your Ironman marathon pace if you are looking for really really high level specificity but still I would say that on your general endurance runs in zone two when you're feeling reasonably fresh and recovered you probably end up running a lot of your runs in that mid to high end of zone two anyway and in addition uh, i for one as a coach i like to prescribe quote-unquote aerobic threshold runs to my athletes or lt1 runs and the objective there is simply to accumulate time at the high end of zone two usually around 85 percent of threshold pace or so And uh, this run will generally be uh, a little bit longer. So it could be a 75-minute run or a 90-minute run or something like that. And that would also be very specific training for the Ironman marathon or quite reasonably specific, at least in terms of pace, it would be uh, very specific. But the reason that I prescribe that kind of session is not for specificity. It's simply that I believe that training at that high end of two which is still really really aerobic with no accumulation of lactate or other metabolites i believe that it's very effective for general improvements in fitness and in running capacity regardless of if you're training for an ironman or a sprint distance or a 5k on the track so you are already alluding to a problem though with uh, assuming that running at goal ironman pace would translate to specificity when you're saying that you are likely to drop off from there and reading between the lines yes because of fatigue you're going to fatigue probably in that uh, in in that Ironman marathon and it's a very and the reason for that is that it's a very different thing to run the marathon when you have done five six seven eight or however many hours of swimming and biking before you're starting the marathon compared to running the marathon in the fresh state So while the pace in itself may be specific there are many things including both peripheral and central fatigue factors that will be very very different when you're running the Ironman marathon compared to when you're just running your Ironman marathon target pace in training when you're reasonably fresh. So in that sense your question of whether open marathon pace might be a better level to train at makes sense because it adds a bit more of a challenge to compensate for all of these additional challenges we will experience on race day, fatigue factors and uh, lower energy stores after the long day out and so on. And I would say that there are plenty of benefits of introducing this kind of open marathon pace training into your schedule. But uh, to me, at least the way I think about it, it, the reason is really not to do with the fact that it it's a marathon pace per se, but it's about what's happening physiologically biomechanically and uh, in terms of metabolically energy levels when we run at that pace so really what i'm after when i prescribe kind of open marathon pace in ironman training for my athletes it really is and i sometimes use open marathon pace sometimes i just say go out and run in zone three maybe mid zone three maybe low zone three sometimes even high zone three but usually in this case when we're talking about open marathon pace it would be more like and more like mid zone three or even low zone free. Uh, so uh, anyway uh, getting back to the point here the point isn't that it's got marathon in it that, that's not the point because it's about zone three it's about getting running slightly faster than that aerobic threshold at the high end of zone two uh, but not running too fast not running too close to the anaerobic threshold that's what we're after and uh, for that reason for slower runners uh, let's say you're running a half marathon in around two hours or slower than that, maybe even one one hour fifty or slower than that. Then you might actually I I might actually prescribe half marathon pace rather than open marathon pace for the similar type of of workout here that we're talking about. And uh, the reason for doing this and the reason that I think this is beneficial for Ironman training is that when you do these types of runs, then compared to running in zone two. You will be using muscle glycogen, so your carbohydrate stores, at a significantly higher rate than you did when you were running in Zone 2. You will also be much quicker to trigger other fatigue responses, like reduced neural drive and motor unit excitability, that uh, occur at some point, regardless of intensity. But when intensity is higher, uh, these responses occur much quicker. So basically, we're kind of like fast-tracking the, uh, the time at which you encounter both sort of metabolic limitations you're you're running low on muscle glycogen and you're running into fatigue mounting fatigue uh, both at the central and peripheral level uh, we cannot with a single run workout completely simulate having done a 3.8 kilometer swim and 180 kilometer bike ride uh, but uh, if you spend extended duration at that kind of zone 3 uh, run pace then you can get the body to a state that at least more closely simulates these fatigue effects. So you can get some beneficial adaptations in terms of, again, as I mentioned, simulating low glycogen in the muscle, central fatigue components, and like the neural drive, motor unit excitability, and even biomechanical aspects of fatigue. Like for example, do you start to drop your hips when you reach a certain point of fatigue? Do you lose the springiness in your step when you reach a certain point of fatigue? These are biomechanical aspects that we, uh, that we can practice. We can get to a point where we are actually getting specificity of fatigue and we can train through that. So uh, I would say that uh, extended duration, moderate intensity training, for example, marathon pace, if you want to call it that, is great IRM preparation for these reasons. I can give examples of some of my favorite workouts. And uh, one would be to do a long tempo run. So maybe even start by 30 minutes at mid to high zone two and then follow that up by 40 to 45 minutes somewhere within zone three. And uh, that so that would be one example. And another example would be a progression run where you accumulate a lot of time at first at lower intensities, so up to zone two. But then towards the end, you gradually uh, increase pace and uh, progress those moderate intensities. So you can, for example, do something like Uh, being at the mid zone of zone two for one hour and then you do 10 minutes at slightly slower than marathon pace and then uh, 10 minutes at marathon pace and then 10 minutes at slightly faster than marathon pace and again assuming you are a slightly faster runner if you are a slower runner then marathon pace might be half marathon pace or or something to that effect Uh, but either way the point there would be that you would basically increase your pace within within zone three maybe even getting to low zone four in some cases uh, depending on where you are in your uh, in your training cycle but uh, yeah that's that's a couple of examples of how you can you can fast track those fatigue factors and uh, the metabolic factors that you that you need to really well that you can't be specific about just by running at the same pace that you will be doing in the uh in the ironman marathon you need to actually think about what will your body be what state will your body be in when you're running that marathon so here i've given a couple of examples of both using actual ironman uh, pace so that was the kind of high zone two runs that we're doing anyway and that you can do some specific ones and i gave some examples of marathon pace so open marathon pace with the sort of like longer tempo runs for example to simulate to fast tracking fatigue and metabolic uh, getting the met- metabolic side of things to a more severe state with lower glycogen stores so we've given examples of both of those but the key thing here is that you're not really basing your training on any one of these paces because again we can come back to the example if you're a slower runner then uh, maybe you're not basing then then you would be much better off basing your training off of half marathon pace for example rather than marathon pace so these paces marathon pace and and uh, iron marathon pace they just happen to coincide with the intensities that will help you target specific adaptations that you're after. So I hope that the examples I gave you uh, gives you some insight into, into how I'm thinking about these things, that we're not really thinking in those uh, circumstances about the paces. We're really thinking about what are we trying to achieve uh, from an adaptation perspective and whether we're talking about metabolic adaptations, biomechanical adaptations, uh, psychological adaptations. Uh, there are many ones that you could go after but that's that's what forms the foundation of how to how to prescribe the different sessions based on different phases there is one scenario where i think it really does make sense to go for specificity and that is when we're doing simulation workouts and they really have to be in the form of brick workouts in the case of Ironman training in particular because it's as i said difficult if not Im- impossible to simulate the amount of decreased energy stores that you will have and the buildup of fatigue over long durations any other way. You can't do a run that long in training. It will just um, have you recover for so long that it's not worth it. So what you would do then is you would do a long bike ride and probably you would have some longer segments at Ironman Race Base in that ride and then go out and do a brick run after. And I do think that in this kind of simulation workout... The pace that you should be targeting, and this is for specificity reasons, would be Ironman race pace. That will be highly specific training, of course, which is good. You need to have some of that. But also, it will be really useful for you to help validate both your target pace on the run and your target power on the bike. So, one of the most common questions that I get is something along the lines of, what percentage of threshold should I run at or what percentage of FTP should I ride at? And if that is a question in particular for the Ironman, then it's almost impossible to answer because the range that this could be is really big. It depends so much on the ability level uh, of the athlete, how long they're going to be out on the race course. Somebody doing a 16-hour Ironman has a completely different uh, percentage of threshold that they're going to be working at compared to somebody who's doing an eight-hour Ironman. So, and even within more homogenous uh, population or group of athletes that might be doing the same sort of of five k runs and the same power for twenty minutes on the bike, it, when it comes to the Ironman, it really depends on how well conditioned you are to specific to the specific demands of the event. So, even though you, at face value, you may seem to be at the exact same fitness level as somebody who has the same twenty minute power on the bike and the same five k pace on the run. that's not necessarily to say that you're going to have the same target race pace so the best way to figure this out is to do simulation workouts and they should include a significant amount of work at race intensity on the bike and then a run off the bike which also has a significant amount of target race pace work so for the Ironman for example you could do a four to five hour ride which has two to 2.5 hours of work at the race power in it and then you could do a 45 to 60 minute run off of it with 30 to 45 minutes at target race pace. And uh, if you're struggling with the pace in that brick run, that's only—that's not even, for most amateur athletes, almost every single one, uh, almost every single age group would run the marathon at slower than three hours. So even if you do 45 minutes at race pace, that's only at most 25% of the full Ironman marathon. So if you're struggling with that pace in that simulation workout then probably one of three things is the reason either you had too aggressive a pace on the bike or your power was too high on the bike or you were you had too aggressive a target pace on the run so that's not your correct run pace target pace Or three, it could be that your nutrition and hydration wasn't good enough. So that could be a reason. Maybe the power and the pace were perfectly uh, spot on, but just because you you didn't take on any energy or enough energy on the bike, that you just couldn't handle it in that particular workout. So this sort of simulation will help you figure out uh, any, like basically fine-tune your plan on all three of these accounts and, uh, once you get the simulation workouts to start to feel that, okay, I got this now. This is, this is possible. This feels like I could go on after you finish that brick, brick run. It can be hard. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but it should feel like, well, I could have kept going and kept fighting uh, through it for a long time. Then that's when you start to see that, okay, uh, this power should be all right. This pace should be all right especially taking into account that you will be tapering before the race. And when you do those simulation workouts, you tend to be in a pretty heavy block of training more often than not. So so of course, you have a little bit of fatigue that you're carrying into it. So it will feel harder than it would feel to do the same on race day. But of course, on race day, you have to do a lot more of it, not two or two and a half hours of biking at race power, but more like four, five, six, seven, depending on your level. And running, same sort of thing. You're not going to do 45 minutes of running. You're going to do three hours, four hours, five hours, and so on. So uh, those are things to take into account when it comes to pacing. But uh, there you go, Matt. I hope that this answers your question. So uh, really, to break it down again, uh, it comes back for me to For the most part, you shouldn't necessarily think too much about what the exact pace is. You should be thinking about what are the the adaptations that you're after. And specificity is important, but specificity for Ironman really isn't about the pace. It really is about so many other factors, the glycogen levels, the fatigue, and so on. So there are a few ways to simulate that, as we talked about, but when it comes to pacing you shouldn't need to you shouldn't really think about specificity because that's not where the specificity comes in the paces you choose in your normal day-to-day training is more about trying to target specific adaptations that you want to occur and you should select paces according to that and there is a room in the program for paces corresponding both to target Ironman pace that would be your bread and butter zone two mid to high zone two runs and for open marathon pace which would be more like tempo runs which can have a big a positive impact on your capacity to perform in the Ironman so there you go thank you for your questions and for everybody else keep sending in those questions to michael at scientific and it's michael with a k and uh, especially looking forward to getting some beginner questions because it always feels like i'm getting a lot of questions that are a bit more on the advanced side and i would be so happy to answer some beginner questions as well you can find this q a and all previous q a's on scientificdraflon.com and while you're there check out the information about training plans and coaching services and uh, do send me an email if you have any questions about about those On Monday I interview sports scientist Theon van Erp who is a sports scientist from the Netherlands uh, currently uh, working in or doing his postdoc in South Africa but he spent many years as the sports scientist of, of professional cycling team Team Sunweb so we talk about a lot of interesting things including how professional cyclists train but also his research on the best ways to measure training load. So stay subscribed and if you are a big fan of the podcast a rating and a review would be fantastic. Big thank you to Rob Matthews in the UK who submitted a rating and review last week. Uh, please if you are a long-time listener and follower of the podcast and you enjoy it you're getting value from it then follow Rob's example and uh, spend a couple of minutes to leave a rating and review it really helps a lot. Thank you to Precision Hydration that you can find on precisionhydration.com. Go and take their free online sweat test to get a personalized hydration strategy for your next race, and use the promo code DATRAFLONSHO15 to get 15% off your order of electrolyte products. And thank you to Roka that you can find on roca.com. Check out their wetsuits, trisuits, suits swimskins, goggles, and high performance eyewear, and prescription glasses and sunglasses and get 20% off your order on roca.com forward slash TTS. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.